Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans, 74 movies, one cage. Today's movie is Welcome to Hollywood from 1998. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Mike Manzi. And believe it or not, Nicolas Cage is actually not in this movie. We've been duped. We were tricked. I guess. I don't know. We're just gullible. In our quest to be just like the absolute authority on Nicolas Cage and sort of our obsessive nature to be completists, we watched this thinking he was in it. It's not like we're really gullible, though, because his name is on the DVD cover. Welcome to Hollywood is a movie within a movie, sort of. It's directed by Adam Rifkin, who directed Cage in Never on Tuesday when, we gave, when he gave us the infamous Man in Red sports car. The movie is written and directed by Adam Rifkin, and in the movie, he is playing himself as a director making a documentary about an up-and-coming actor in Hollywood. DVD cover has the names of the people who are sort of prominent in his documentary, but throughout the movie, the documentary cuts to really sort of honestly huge stars, right, on red carpets, giving advice about movies. Nicolas Cage's name on the DVD is lumped right in there with all of them. It seems to me that he was probably recorded or filmed at some point giving some advice to Adam Rifkin, but just never made it into the final movie. Yeah, this movie caught me really off guard. I had no idea what it was. It seemed like a documentary when it started, but then I quickly realized it's sort of like a mockumentary, you know? At a time when I don't think there were really many of them. And what interested me about it was the subject, right? He was like, I'm going to pick someone from obscurity and make them famous, which was sort of ahead of its time. That's kind of happening now, right? With reality TV and people being famous for nothing. It's, It's so strange the way it's structured because there are these red carpet interviews you know at premieres or at parties and things like that and to give it the actual feel of it being a real documentary and I was like okay yeah this is where Nick Cage is going to show up for sure you know like he'll just be one of these interstitial heads talking about you know what it takes to make it to be a big star yeah as the movie was going on he (laughs) wasn't showing up in those you know (laughs) he wasn't appearing cutscene definitely crossed my mind too cutting room floor something must have happened i don't know however joey i don't know if you noticed but like two actors actually sort of have little roles in this scott wolf and Lawrence fishburne they don't just show up sort of as men on red carpets they're playing themselves who's scott wolf he was in the movie go and he was on party of five on fox but yeah no nick cage you know i was i was thinking you know maybe they're saving him maybe he's gonna appear as himself like in a casting call like he's gonna show up at some point you know but no He's Steve Sharippa's in it, and he's actually pretty funny. And his role is great, but no Nick Cage. I kind of like this movie. Like it's sort of, it's like stupid, but it's also charming. It's entertaining. Like it's kind of crazy and weird, and like you were saying, ahead of its time. But I like this movie. So even though Cage wasn't in the movie. It's kind of a movie that I was glad that we saw. There's so many Cage connections in terms of Cage Club that it sort of works within the world that we've built, but it's also just sort of like an entertaining, fun little weird movie. Yeah, I was surprised at how I kind of like the character that Rifkin was portraying in this film, or at least I wasn't sure what to make of him at first, if this film was just pure self-indulgence or look at all my Hollywood friends kind of story going on, but no, like, he's pointing the camera back at the studio system and sort of how preposterous it all is, and, you know, at himself and deprecating himself in the process as well, and yeah, you know, I found myself kind of enjoying this as well, and and liking not just, you know, the -the behind-the-scenes look of it all, but 
the actual comedy. One scene that stood out was when this guy goes on an audition for Baywatch. And, and he's being, you know, the casting agents are two females. And by the end of it, you know, he's the one stripped down in his underwear running in slow motion while they oogle at him. And it's like this gender reversal comment that was sort of starting to come to the forefront at the time. So going back to Never on Tuesday for a second, we were kind of blown away by how this kid in his first movie got Nicolas Cage, got Charlie Sheen, got Emilio Estevez, got all these different people like, how does he have all these connections? Here, he sort of has, like, all these Hollywood friends. It seems like he's at an event, and he sort of knows some people there, and he's able to get a little bit of traction going. And then once they have that momentum, they're able to go up to other people. Like, it didn't, I didn't get the sense that, like, Sandra Bullock really knew who he was or really what was going on, but she was sort of game to play along. But people like Lawrence Fishburne, they were more than willing to just sort of give him a couple minutes and just sort of do this weird role and become part of this project that is just sort of like this satire and sort of criticism of what it's like to be an actor in Hollywood and be part of this system. I'm sort of starting to understand maybe a little better how he was able to sort of get these people into his first film. You know, the guy appears to be like a mover and a shaker and someone who knows how to talk and and get things done. And at this point in his career, he seemed to be most well known for being a writer, writing Mouse Hunt and writing Small Soldiers, uh, pretty much a big hit at that time, you know, preceding Toy Story for the talking toy movie and all that. And yeah, you're right. Like, I, I, I... I feel like, you know, he's running into these people while he's making this sort of run-and-gun, low-budget mockumentary, and he's bringing his camera to events and parties that he's invited to. And he's sort of not cornering, but actually, you know, getting footage and stuff with these guys, you know, and actors like Cuba Gooding Jr. and like Jeff Goldblum, guys that he's probably had, you know, meetings with and gotten to know, you know, and then things started to click a little more to me. And it's like, he's probably just like met these people at some point. They're aware of who he is. it's all part of the system and you know what i'm saying like it's all connected man (laughs) you're right they've they've probably met him at one time or another and they at least remember him and they're just willing to give him a couple minutes of their time like i get the impression from a lot of the way that celebrities talk about things and especially you know with that recent blow up with daniel craig talking about how he'd rather slit his wrist than do another bond movie a lot of these kind of celebrities as like sort of first world problems as it sounds gets tired of doing these press junkets get tired of answering the same questions over and over again And so when you see a guy who's not necessarily your friend, but someone maybe you just had coffee with or sort of hung out and had a drink with in their office, and they just want you to, like, pretend to answer some questions as part of this movie, it's kind of like a refreshing change of pace. And I can totally see why all these people would be willing to to give a couple minutes to Adam Rifkin. He sort of, I, I would imagine, especially, you know, considering Cage was cut out, and I'm sure there's a couple other people who were credited who were cut out, I'm sure that he kind of has, like, an, an embarrassment of riches sort of at his fingertips that he can sort of pick and choose what celebrities he wants to include in this movie. That's an interesting point, and I was thinking about that watching this, too, going, he's probably just, you know, on the red carpet, no one's aware he's there, he's blending in with the rest of the reporters, you know, because he doesn't necessarily stand out right like he he kind of looks like an everyman he's at least behind the scenes famous not in front of the screen so his face isn't plastered all over hollywood yeah and when the celebrities see him and it's a recognizable face and he asks them a question that's got nothing to do with the film necessarily nothing with what they're promoting probably nothing like the questions they've been asking for the last half hour online so yeah he's able to get sort of these great off the cuff not really well thought out spur of the moment in answers to his questions from big stars like Matthew McConaughey, Wes Craven, big guys at the time. I can't imagine what's left on the cutting room floor. Dennis Hopper pops up at the very end just to say welcome to Hollywood. So I'm sure he got like an answer from Dennis 
Hopper, and if he was cut out, I could probably understand why Cage may have gotten cut out as well. So on the front of the DVD case, here's who's credited. We can sort of go through real quick and see if they're in there. Halle Berry's in the movie, right? Yeah. Sandra Bullock's in the movie. Yeah. Cage is not. No. Glenn Close? I don't recall. I don't think she's in it. Cameron Diaz, I remember yes. seeing. Carmen Electra, I remember seeing. Yes. Lawrence Fishburne, yes. Salma Hayek, yes. yes. Ron Howard? I believe he gave an interview. Ewan McGregor? Yeah, he's with Cameron Diaz in the, in the oh, okay. same shot, and he's got, like, the long hair. I think he had just done a motorcycle film, and, and she looks like she just came off of doing The Mask. She looks like she's, like, the fresh new ingenue. And the last one is John Travolta, who obviously is Yeah, it starts off with um, Travolta. There's ten names or eleven names listed on the front of the DVD, and maybe three or four of them could have been cut out. Like, I don't... It's it's weird marketing to, like, just throw people's names on this movie and then just not have them be in the movie. It's especially weird since they're listed as in the movie, like, on a, on the IMDb and, like you said, on the DVD cover, and there aren't any special features with the missing scenes, if there are any, you know? it would. I feel like it would be one thing if his name was on the box, he's not in the movie, but at least we got his extra footage, you know, as a special feature. However, we don't even have that. I can't find anything online about him being cut out. I can't find any clips of him from anywhere, from any cutting room floor. There's nothing on the DVD. There's just nothing about it anywhere. Like, I don't know where Cage got to in this movie, but he's just not in it. Coming from, like, the marketing standpoint, too, I wondered, it's not like they needed his name as well to sell this picture, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't need to start putting the names of people who aren't in it, because there's, like, Oscar winners, you know, really famous directors and artists, just, like, everyone is in this, like, <laughs> it doesn't need the Cage bump. I don't know. I don't get it. Nothing, nothing about it makes sense. And it kind of fits in with like the sort of the weird, surreal, alternate look at Hollywood. But also, we watch this movie. I want to see Cage. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. I do too. And and you know, I still had it. Like I was still thinking throughout the whole film. Like, all right, like they're gonna do like a couple of these sort of red carpet things at the end. He'll he'll be at the end. Like maybe he'll be the very last one. You know, <laughs> I had my hopes up till the end. I watched diligently all the way through the credits just to see if he would like pop in at the end and be like, welcome to Hollywood, like you know, the last guy at the end of the credits, but nope, nothing. I would be more disappointed if sort of the movie was worse, you know? Like, if I sat through a movie I didn't end up enjoying, I'd be mad. What can I do, right? <laughs> we tried this time, and you know, we had the best of intentions, and it just didn't work out. So I think what we can do, let's have like a little cage connection off, like go back and forth, and see if who can run out of cage connections first, because there are a bunch. I mean, there's not like a ton, ton, but there's a bunch in this movie. So like, let's just see okay. what kind of cage connections we can see. And I'll let you go first. All right. So, well, right off the bat, it is a Rifkin film. So Red Sports Car was in this. I'm going to say, you know, John Travolta back from wow, Face Off. nice. I got Las Vegas. They go to Las Vegas in this film. I'm going to piggyback off that. And they go to a fight yep. in Las Vegas. So that's one. They visit the beach. Cage's domain. Uh, there's a, they shoot an episode of Baywatch in this film, so they're at the actual beach. I wrote that in very, very big letters. Lawrence Fishburne yes. is in it. Back from Rumblefish. All right. I'm back into a corner here. I got a couple more, I think. Yeah, I wasn't really... I was trying to sort of just zone in on where he was. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I must have missed a bunch. Let's see. I, I'm going to have to call it there. That's the, that's the last one I can see in my notes here. The other ones are sort of loose. I mean, Will Smith's in it. He was an almost cage connection. That doesn't really count, but we talked about in Snake Eyes how he was almost the Gary Sinise role. So that's sort of okay. like a half okay. cage connection. I have a half cage connection then. The character in the film... Now, this is really far, but I'm stretching. <laughs> 
you might like it though. Okay, so the character in this movie goes on an audition for a film called Copsicle. So hold on one second, like. I would watch the shit out of Copsicle. Well, you're in <laughs> luck. The plot to Copsicle is Demolition Man, where a cop is frozen oh. and then thought out in the future to fight like a villain that is also from the past. And the guy says to him, yeah, he's lost in time to fight crime. Who's in Demolition Man? None other than Sylvester Stallone. Wasn't he considered as one half of Face Off with Schwarzenegger? Yeah. So that is my <laughs> extremely loose connection. First of all, I love Demolition Man. So, I mean, like, of course I would love Copsicle because I love the actual Copsicle. <laughs> But also, a little bit of a little Rifkin connection, Copsicle becomes Demolition Man, also starring, right, Sandra Bullock? Yes, Wasn't yes, she in it or no? she was. She absolutely was. It's all circular. I think I only really have, like, oh, I have two more. Right. Toward the end of the movie, or not toward the end of the movie, toward the end of my notes, because I stopped taking notes when Cage didn't show <laughs> up. They're auditioning actresses to be his girlfriend. Yes. And they're saying, you know, he needs a girl. And I was like, he needs a girl? He needs to become Nick Cage. Like, basically, he needs to get a girl on his arm, you know, win the girl in this movie. So that's sort of like a little bit of a, a general Cage connection. But the other one, the, at the start of the movie, what's the guy's name? Like, what's his actual... Um, his name is Anton. A- Anton something. I, I didn't even, you know, like, I didn't even write down the poor guy's name. His name's not even on IMDb. He's just listed as Nick Decker. So whatever his name <laughs> was, amazing. the star of Rifkin's in-movie documentary changes his name from whatever it was, Anton whatever, to Nick Decker. And there's a little conversation about how powerful and how strong of a name Nick is. We don't like the name Anton Markwell. Just don't like it. You don't like my name? Mm-mm. No, actually, we really hate it. It's a terrible, terrible name. I like the name. Hmm? Woody? Mm-hmm. Dribble. No. He needs a strong name. Nick Metal. Mm-mm. Nick I like, though. Nick, um... Nick Donner. Nick... Decker. Mm. Nick Decker. Nick Decker. I oh, love, I love Nick, Decker. Nick Decker. Oh. <laughs> Nick Decker. That's it. And this would have been such a perfect time to cut to Nick Cage. Nope. Drop the ball there. You're right. That would have been like a great time to work him in. Like maybe not even at that moment, but later in the movie, having him confront Nick Cage and maybe Nick being like, I'm Nick. People ask for Nick in Hollywood and they're actually, they're asking for me. Like, you got to change your name again or something. <laughs> like That's the scene I imagined in my mind when he never sh- showed up. It's just a missed opportunity. But we, hey, we saw Welcome to Hollywood. It's a movie that I think very few people have seen, and probably even fewer own. But we both own Welcome to Hollywood now on DVD. I was going to ask if you're going to put this up on the shelf with the rest of your Cage films. I mean, his name is on the box, so it kind of earns a spot in a way. I'm going to leave it on my Cage shelf, just because it's part of Cage Club. If I just put it in my, with my regular movies, like I'm never going to find this. <laughs> but when I'm looking through the Cage movies, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, Welcome to Hollywood, the only Cage Club movie without Nicolas Cage. You know, I think if you're if you're listening to this, I would uh, you know, recommend trying to check this movie out. If you come across it somewhere, you know, watch it. You can buy the DVD new for like 5 bucks on Amazon. The reason we were willing to take a chance is because it's so affordable and so accessible. We're just like, hey, why not? Plus Adam Rifkin the Never on Tuesday connection. Yeah, we just had to see if we could get further to the bottom of the mystery of Rifkin. <laughs> and unfortunately, did not dig any deeper because Cage wasn't even in it. Mystery still unsolved. Yep. 
So that'll do it for this episode of Cage Club. That was Welcome to Hollywood. You can go to cageclub.me for all things Cage Club. You can read our really sort of, I guess, strange and weird reviews of this movie. You can find past reviews, past podcasts, listen to all of the podcasts we've done, follow us on Twitter, find the podcast on iTunes, rate and review us on iTunes, all sorts of stuff, all over at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time on Cage Club. Cage Club.